amazing that you were able to say, no, that's not my normal, because so many people take what the doctors say as truth and come away and go, oh, the doctor said it's normal. So, and sometimes that actually gives us almost an excuse to not deal with it because the doctor says it's normal so I can stop thinking about it. And that's when we see problems, even with tumors and stuff like that. We find something, go to the doctor, the doctor said it was fine. They didn't need to do a biopsy. So I'm just not going to think about it. Of course, as soon as I started in my late 20s, my facial plastic surgeon, I worked for, oh, you could use a little Botox up here, you know, point at my forehead. Back then, let me tell you, look at now with no Botox. At 20 something, I definitely did not need any. But again, I wouldn't have understood that at the time. Welcome back to Reconditioned. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Lauren Vaknin. If you are new to the show, welcome. This is the place where it's a hub. It's a hub for all things wellness and growth. We don't niche it down, anything. And really, that is everything because everything leads to our wellness. So we cover absolutely everything from intuition and spirituality to manifestation to holistic beauty like we're doing today and breast thermography and nutrition and entrepreneurship because that has been something that I've realized recently that women want to step into their power so intentional entrepreneurship Um, and we're really stepping into talking about that here on the podcast and with my new course the Female Entrepreneur Academy which you can check out on my website. So today's episode uh, I'm so excited about because I've been following Amanda for quite a while. She is the holistic beauty coach on Instagram and as someone who had an explant myself, i.e. removal of breast implants based on, so if you want to know more about my story because I don't really talk about it in this episode because I didn't want to go over old ground, go back and find the episode that I did with uh, Rain Dunn about our explant surgeries. I apologize, I can't see what uh, episode number it is and I could probably find it if I start scrolling now. Um, <laughs> but I'm not 100% sure. So um, you'll find that if you, it's not too too far down, I don't think. Uh, oh, there we go, episode 104. So episode 104 is all about breast implant illness and my journey with breast implants because I had breast implants because the chemo drug that I was on when I was 18 deformed my breasts. So I will preface by saying I, I don't think, I, w- I was always quite holistic regardless of, you know, the last 10 years of going into remission. I was always pretty holistic. So I don't think I necessarily would have been someone that got implants because I was trying not to put anything new in my body that didn't belong there. But hey-ho, I did it because I was, you know, in my early 20s and had very deformed breasts to very different sizes. And that was really important to me to look nice. It's still important to me to a certain extent to express my authenticity through how I look. But I do that in a very different way. And as we speak about in this episode... It is all about vibration. So you become magnetic based on your vibration, on the frequency at which you vibrate, based on your actions, the thoughts you keep, the feelings you hold, the trauma you you dissolve from working through it, the food you eat, the high vibrational food you eat, all these things add to your vibration. So why are some people so magnetic that you walk in, they walk into a room and everyone wants to be around them? It's vibration. So this leads so nicely into beauty. And so I spoke to Amanda about her journey with breast implant illness uh, because she has a fascinating story working in the industry in Beverly Hills and being so sick herself but we also talk about holistic beauty as a whole Botox fillers lip fillers 
and the standards that we're held to and understanding all these things and how they play a part in your long-term health as well. So we speak about quite, Amanda mentioned quite a few ways of, because this is something I always talk about, we don't need to have Botox and inject ourselves full of poisons in order to feel or look good. There are ways to help your skin and help with aging and slow down the aging process, not just in how you look, but in how you feel in every aspect of your body. There are ways to do that naturally. So we spoke about, firstly, we spoke about breast thermography. Um, in terms of if you do have implants, checking you know how everything is doing, and even if you don't, in order to prevent breast cancer and detect it way earlier. Uh, thermography, I did an episode, a few episodes back with uh, Dr. Nigel Eccles, the natural doctor. So check that out as well, all about breast thermography. And you can find information about his clinic and a discount code for that on my website. So we also spoke about... Um, Red light therapy being a huge uh, factor in the aging process because it produces, uh, increases collagen production. So I have a red light panel at home. I use it about, f I say I usually say three to four, but I would say it's probably four to five times per week. I do it for thyroid function as well because my thyroid can have a tendency to be a bit sluggish. So I do a lot of things to optimize my thyroid. At the moment, thankfully, it's really balanced, which is great. Um, but I do a lot of things to optimize my thyroid and, and, and red light therapy is one of those things. But I do it for my skin also. It increases collagen production. You can also take collagen in your smoothies, in your morning smoothies. I have a load of recommendations for those on the website. If you go to my website, laurenvacneen.co.uk, there's a page called LV Recommends. And I created that a while back. And me and my team spent hours upon hours on this page because I get asked for so many recommendations every day and I realized that I really needed to serve my community by making that a bit more accessible and also to save a bit of time for me constantly messaging people back with recommendations. So I've now split it into categories. So there's everything from aging to hormones to children and pregnancy to men, um, beauty and skincare, everything you can imagine is in categories, so it's easy for you to find. So collagen will be on there, the red light therapy, uh, the red light panels will be on there. The other thing we spoke about was infrared saunas. I don't have a recommendation for those, um, although I do use my friend's one regularly. I go around to her house because she's got one, and um, I actually can't remember the name of the brand. It's a really good one. I'll pop it in the show notes. I'll, I'll remind myself later and pop it in the show notes. Um, and then we also spoke about um, Living Libations products, which are my favorite. Uh, the Living Libations uh, Best Skin Ever, made with sea buckthorn oil, which is incredible, has done wonders for my skin. I use it to remove my makeup and I massage it into my skin with a jade roller every night or the gua sha. Uh, and I swear by that. And I also use their lip um, balms. Everybody loves the sunshine, it's called, which is a zinc oxide sun. I don't want to call it sunscreen. We're not screening ourselves from the sun. It is a sun product. Let's call it that. Uh, I use their makeup. I use their toothbrush, their toothpaste, pretty much everything. And it is all on my website. And everything I've just mentioned is on my website with discount codes. And I will pop them in the show notes for you as well to make that a bit easier. So those are the, and the and a water system as well. Water was one of the things we covered as being one of the most important things you can do for your hair, uh, for your health, your skin, aging, your mitochondria, the rejuvenation of cells, absolutely everything. Water is integral, as is sleep. And these are all the things we speak about on the episode. So the last thing I want to say before we move into the episode 
is to touch on the importance of strengthening and keeping clean your pineal gland. I speak about this a lot. If you haven't heard me speak about this, the pineal gland is our, is the seat of consciousness. It is the thing that connects us from this 3D reality to fourth density, 5D consciousness. And it is being dulled and dimmed by all the things in our modern life, like you know excessive blue light, artificial blue light, medications, the fluoride in our drinking water. These are, these are things that are known to impact the function and the aliveness of the pineal gland. So do everything you can to keep that healthy, to keep your awakeness, to keep yourself awake to the reality, the truth behind what it is we're constantly being fed and being told. And I know I'm sounding really conspiratorial, but I, I actually hate that word because I think we have to look beyond what we're being told in order to be healthy. Look at all the hippiest people in the world and they are the healthier ones. There is a reason for it. There is a reason that those of us who are connected to self, to consciousness, to something beyond ourselves, who have a spiritual practice, are feeling healthier. So please find that connection to consciousness, to your pineal gland. Work on your third eye chakra. Work on opening it, on strengthening it. Um, and there are many ways to do this. I won't go into all of them now, but that's just my advice to you. You can also get some good crystals to support that. Like magnetite will really support the uh, pineal gland, having that all around your house on a bracelet. Um, so that is my advice for that. So without further ado, we will get into this episode with Amanda Porter, the holistic beauty coach. The advice I get asked for probably more than anything else is supplements. Where do I get my high quality supplements? I am so particular about my supplements and I research every single ingredient right down to what the capsule shell is made of which is why my clients trust my recommendations so much. Now, because I'm super picky, I get all my supplements from Amrita Nutrition. And I found them about a decade ago because they were the only UK stockist to stock seeking health products, which were developed specifically for MTHFR. And I've stayed with them ever since because they literally stock the absolute highest quality brands from all over the world, like Moss Nutrition, Quicksilver, Apex, and so many others that I love. And I know that anything I get from them is going to be the utmost highest quality. They also offer personal support at every stage from their customer care team and in-house nutritional practitioners. So you can order using practitioner invite code Lauren, which will get you 10% off all supplements, which will be applied to every order once you've set up an account. And you can also create your own protocols once you've set up an account, which is pretty cool. And I've gone ahead and created a collection of all my favorite supplements with Amrita, which you can find in the show notes or on my website. Otherwise, just visit amritanutrition.co.uk and don't forget to use code Lauren for 10% off. Thank you so much to Amrita for supporting our mission here at Reconditioned. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. We made it happen. 
Yes. Thank you so much for being patient. I'm so happy to finally be sitting down with you. Oh, same. Um, And I'm so excited to have this conversation. I've been having this conversation quite a bit over the past year. Um, Well, kind of holistic beauty I've been talking about for quite a few years now. Breast implant illness over the past year or so. You know, you spoke to my bestie, Rain, as well on her podcast about it. She's your bestie? She's my bestie. She's the love of my life. Don't tell oh, my I husband. I didn't know <laughs> that. I love Rain. She's, she's so lovely. And we had a really wonderful chat. Yeah, she's incredible. And, um, and yeah, we kind of went through the breast implant illness journey together, she and I. And we've done a podcast episode on this podcast about it also. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really kind of went into ingredients and symptoms and all kind of stuff like that. So I'm going to take it a little bit to a little bit of a different angle with you. Um, but let's start here. What have you done so far today to support your wellness? Ooh, so far today, I have done a 20-minute guided meditation uh, for abundance, Mm. and I've already had my smoothie with dates and blueberries and all sorts of yummy stuff. (laughs) Awesome. It's early there, right? So you've done a lot. Yeah, it's only 9 9 a.m. here. Brilliant. I love that. Start the morning off as you mean to go on. Yes, absolutely. So... Can you, I I always like to start episodes with a guest with you taking me through your background and kind of how you came to do what you do and like, where are you from and what are you all about and why do you do what you do? Yes, well, I'm from an area in Northern California and grew up for much of my life there and then did spend some time in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Well, I've been in the beauty industry since college, Um, not intentionally, just um, ended up working for um, a spa in my neighborhood. And from there, worked at med spas and plastic surgery. It wasn't until after I decided to get breast implants for a condition that I had um, when I was in my 20s that I decided to work in plastic surgery because I wanted to help other women who might have the same condition feel better about themselves. Tell me about that. So um, I had a very, I would say slight, I I only really noticed it, but at the end of the day, it's um, called a tubular breast deformity. And for me, my breast tissue there was just very constricted. Um, I've always been pretty tiny. I'm a dancer and ballerina by training. And so for me, like, you know, ballerinas, usually we don't have big breasts. and that wasn't the issue, but it always felt very tight in my chest. And I also thought if I wanted to have children in the future, the idea of kind of using the breast implants as a way to push the tissue out might be a good idea, almost like an expander mm. for women. Um, I did try to solve the issue with just a surgery, but it was just kind of unsuccessful. So that's when they say, oh, well, if we use breast implants, that will certainly improve this. So reluctantly, I said yes, and that was in 2003. I received my first pair of implants and they were saline. Then a year later, I needed to replace them because I had capsular contracture in one. And the new surgeon said, well, why don't we replace them with silicone? And I do remember saying, you know, wait a minute, isn't silicone bad? Because at the time, you couldn't normally get silicone unless you had already gotten saline. They were bringing them back to the market after having been um, um, like banned for 10 years or so. So I said, well, I said, you know, isn't it bad? And he said, well, no, we've made them so much better now and we're gonna be following you in a study. 
So I said, okay, I mean, he was the doctor and I received the new implants in, sal- in silicone, um, but I did start having hormonal disruption within about nine months mm. and I was never followed up with a study. Was that, were those hormonal issues really new to you? Had you ever had any other symptoms of anything before? Because what I see a lot is when you've already got an autoimmune disease, which I did, um, mm. and other symptoms, it's really hard to differentiate what is affecting you and what's not. So it's really interesting to speak to women who had never had any symptoms, and then you really can mm. pinpoint it. I always say that, like, aside from the breast implants, for me, I guess I just, it was so lucky. I never really was sick other than occasionally the common cold. I don't even think I got a cold once a year. So I'd never really gone to the doctor's office and never had those experiences. So yeah, this was new to me. And they were also hormonal issues like night sweats, uh, ruptured ovarian cyst, things, again, you can't necessarily prove are the breast implants, but usually, you know, night sweats and these things I said to her, I said, these are like perimenopausal symptoms and I'm only in my mid twenties. And she said, oh, well, that's, that's your normal. And I said, no, that's not normal. And that's why I'm visiting you today. So, you know, I realized that I've been kind of going through advocating for myself now for well over 20 years. Amazing that you were able to say, no, that's not my normal because so many people take what the doctors say as truth and come away and go, oh, the doctor said it's normal. So, and sometimes that actually gives us almost an excuse to not deal with it because the doctor says it's normal so I can stop thinking about it. And that's when we see problems, even with tumors and stuff like that. We find something, go to the doctor. The doctor said it was fine. They didn't need to do a biopsy. So I'm just not going to think about it. Yeah. I see it a lot today with patients who come in. I do a discovery call with each of them. And during the discovery call, I mean, you know, before I even have it with them, I'll send them a list of symptoms because they'll say, oh, no, no, I'm not sick. I just want to remove them for X, Y, and Z reason. And I say, great, I don't want anyone to be sick. And then I'll say, just would you mind looking over the symptoms? I just want to kind of see. And they'll call me and some, some of them say, I've got every symptom on the list. And I'll say, and you don't think that you're sick at all? And they say, no, no, no. The doctor said that this is normal for someone in their 40s. We've normalized ill health. I mean, it's completely normal to not to feel autoimmune these days and to have brain fog and to have a whole load of symptoms that actually aren't normal and show that we're not in homeostasis, but actually it's become normalized. Absolutely. And um, I just was not willing to accept that when they said that 57 pounds of inflammation was just normal for a 40 year old to gain. Because as soon as I took my breast implants out, all the inflammation went away and I'm the same weight and look the same that I did before even getting the implants. So, so I, I want to, we've got, yeah, we, we've got so much to delve into the breast implants, the breast in, implant illness, and also holistic beauty as a whole, mm-hmm. which I really want to go there. But because you've mentioned about your clinic and about patients, I'd love for you to tell us what it is you do for work now. Oh, okay. So when I got them out, I wasn't really thinking ahead. And about three weeks after the surgery, I thought to myself, wait a minute, what am I going to do for a job? And I actually did take a job in hair restoration for a short time, just because it was still in my wheelhouse. And I thought this won't harm anyone. But then after about six months, Dr. Brenner, who took my breast implants out, Kevin Brenner in Beverly Hills, um, he said to me, would you 
like to work with me and handhold these women through surgery? Because I cannot imagine what they've been through. And I said, absolutely. I'd love to be a patient advocate now because I really see the need for it. And I don't think people realize that there are people like me out there who want to handhold you through these situations. And um, it's worked out beautifully. And I created a social media platform where a lot of women come to me wanting to talk about breast implant illness and holistic health and holistic beauty. And so I do the discovery call with all of our patients. And then I help, since I'm a health coach now, help them prep their bodies before and after surgery. And we even started a holistic breast team and detox and heal these women after their surgery. How amazing. It kind of reminds me of my biological dentist. They do this whole pre thing before you have any treatment with them. So if they're going to correct like where people have had, you know, tooth removals where there's, you know, cavitations inside and you're going through a whole holistic process of dentistry, which is so different. And they put you on a four to six week nutrition plan first with specific supplements. And when you're having the treatment with them, they give you IV uh, vitamins and, you know, ozone therapy and a whole load of other great stuff. So this is the holistic approach to medicine, right? That's what it should be in every aspect of medicine. Yes, that was always my dream to have a clinic with practitioners all under one roof. So when a patient comes in, you have everything from your primary to your gyno to maybe a chiropractor, maybe there's yoga there. And but everybody's your holistic dentist. Everybody can work as a team to help the patient. So I don't know, maybe that is going to happen. Do you know what? My dream is similar to that, but I've always dreamt and I will do it one day of opening a charity like that so people can, because holistic healing is so expensive and it shouldn't be. I mean, there are amazing things we can do for free, but you know, you wanna go and get your implants out and then you wanna start buying all the supplements and the organic food and the rest of it and having red light therapy, like it's expensive. I have this dream of having some sort of clinic where people can pay kind of subsidized fees based on what they earn and have enough money to for us to subsidize those treatments but anyway that's that will happen one day hopefully i think it will i think all of these things have the potential of happening and i mean i had that download back in 2012 that the future was going to be all about holistic medicine and non-toxic living and so even back then i was trying to incorporate holistic medicine with plastic surgery Mm. and created a non-toxic skincare line etc amazing so tell me about Dr. Brenner. Dr. Brenner is amazing because when I really started putting the puzzle pieces together, that it could be my breast implants. And of course I didn't know, but I had been sick for seven and a half years and nothing was working. And I was spending so much money just to maintain. And when it was a, actually a, um, my colonic um, practitioner, she brought it to my attention. She said, I think I know why you're sick. I think it might be your breast implants. And I thought my breast implants, but this is what I do for a living. And I don't have women coming in who are sick to any of the offices. And that's true. And she said, no, I've had 11 women who are clients and only just this, this year alone have removed them and they look and sound like you. So I wasn't really convinced at first, but then I did start having consults um, with some plastic surgeons in Beverly Hills over those next few weeks. And after three of them, I wanted to give up just because they said, this is not real. 
these women are crazy. It's not their breast implants. I said, but I've been in groups with over a hundred thousand women. They all sound like me. No, no, you're not going to be happy. Don't remove them. So I went home and I, I prayed and I really was on my hands and knees just saying, God, if you find me a doctor who will remove these, I even bet it will look great. Like I'm just going to put all of my faith in you. And I don't even know how I thought to say that at the time, but I mean, that just kind of shows how low I was. And um, I Googled again a few days later and Dr. Kevin Brenner popped up and I just thought to myself, this has to be a sign, right? So I went in, not really knowing if I was gonna expect anything different than the other surgeons, but he listened to me, my entire story. And he said, um, I think that it's time that we take them out and leave them out. And that was the right answer for me. And I said, you know what, sir, I I feel the same way. Like I, I'm ready to do this. Um, no matter what it's going to look like and what I'm left with, I just have to feel normal again. And so then we removed them three weeks later. Wow. And is that what he's mainly doing now, explants? A lot. Um, you know, he obviously does other surgeries and he's amazing. Um, rhinoplasty, um, body contouring, all sorts of different surgeries, abdominoplasty, but we're doing a lot only because so many women are sharing notes, hearing about this. And it's not just for illness. I mean, a majority are sick and or have enough of these symptoms that they're willing to try removal. Um, but some just because they're living a non-toxic lifestyle, just would rather remove them now or women who are saying to themselves, why wait until we're older yeah. and risk, you know, having a rupture or something that we have to then remove them. Yeah. So it's a variety of reasons. Something that has always been a bit of a challenge for me, and I know it is to most people I speak to, is fitting in the time for all the spiritual and self-development practices I want to do. You know, I'd like to meditate and do breath work and yoga and walk in nature and connect with my guides and journaling and so much more, all the things every day. But we can't do all the things every day. I'm a mom, I run a business. And even as someone who really does put this stuff first, it's pretty impossible to fit it all in. So the one thing that's really helped me over the past year is the Sensate. It is a piece of health tech that fits in the palm of your hand. And it basically sends infrasonic waves through the chest to activate the vagus nerve and calm the autonomic nervous system. And you use it while playing the specially composed audio within the app. It's actually pretty genius. And honestly, at the moment with my days being more full on than they've ever been, using the Sensate is really the one thing that I know will work on so many aspects of my well-being at once. So even if I haven't had time to do any other practices, during the day, I lie down at night and I use the Sensate for 10 to 20 minutes before I sleep and it reduces cortisol levels. It calms my brainwave states. It gives me great optimized sleep. It calms anxiety and because of how it activates the vagus nerve, it deepens my meditation. So I can kind of do all that in one go and I also take it everywhere with me. So if I've got 10 minutes in the car while I'm waiting for the school gates to open, I can just do it then without the pressure of knowing that meditation would be a bit challenging when I'm probably in heightened brainwave states at that point. So for me generally, it's been pretty life-changing 
And if what I spoke about resonates with you at all, you can get £30 off the Sensate by visiting getsensate.com and using code Lauren30. That's G-E-T-S-E-N-S-A-T-E dot com, Lauren30. Thank you so much to Sensate for supporting our mission here at Reconditioned. So take me through what these symptoms are when you ask when a woman comes to you and she fills in this form. What are the symptoms on that form that you're asking them? Well, I would say just the most common ones. And sometimes the women have almost everyone on the list. Um, fatigue, I feel like I hear, but, and again, fatigue can be caused by other things. Doesn't necessarily have to be your breast implants. Mm-hmm. Um, their hair is falling out or thinning or very dry skin, um, eyes and hair. And that's your lymphatic system mm-hmm. in my mind. That's what I realized that the breast implants were really congesting my lymphatic system. So for me, I, I, I really talk to my followers about lymphatic health as well as my patients, um, autoimmune illnesses, you know, whether they have the symptoms of, or an actual diagnosis, hormonal disruption, and that can kind of be anything from, you know, like, again, I hear that that a lot, night sweats are a big one, um, skin issues, rashes, that's huge. And usually around the breast area. Mm. I have women though, who have had it like on their arms where they itch so much that, you know, they're like the skin's coming off. It's so irritated. And that itching has stopped in those cases after the breast implants have come out. It just, it screams toxicity, right? Because, you know, the, the, the sluggish lymphatic system, the itching, I mean, heroin addicts, scratch all the time because it's so toxic and it's in their blood right all all these symptoms scream toxicity well yeah and when when in my case when I took thermography scans of my body and I could see that my underarms clavicle and pelvis were really red and inflamed and I thought to myself well I'm not sweating and you know if you're not sweating and using that elimination pathway well then it's making you're holding on to toxins and I felt toxic and and what causes autoimmune illness inflammation and holding on to toxins and so eventually if you don't take these red flags and make some changes it can lead to more serious um, diagnoses which you do not want so you weren't sweating and you hadn't realized that and then you just realized it like oh I'm not sweating this this is actually a problem yeah I just thought like you know But two, I, again, had all this inflammation and I wasn't working out as rigorously as I had in the past. And just, I was happy to just be able to walk. So, you know, I thought, well, I'm just not very sweaty because I'm just walking more than anything. I would live by the beach and I would walk around there. And then um, in about 2018, I actually got neuropathy in both of my legs. And so I lost the feeling in my legs. And so again, walking was just about all I could do. I was so winded just walking up a flight of stairs. It's like I was a retired football player and that's just not me. I mean, now I'm back to working out, lifting weights, doing it all. And I feel great. So, yeah. So the idea is to stop normalizing this stuff. And just talking about it more, I mean, that was the other download I had back then was if doctors don't start really listening and taking these things seriously, like I can't tell you how many times they just kind of brushed me off like I was a nuisance and just wanted me out of their office. Mm. 
I'm reading a book at the moment called Unwell Women by Eleanor Cleghorn. Um, oh. And it is just all about that, all about how through the ages, women have just been called hysterical and diagnosed with hysteria for yes. daring to say that something was bothering their bodies. Um, I mean, it talks about so much within kind of healthcare and women, but it's so interesting and it just shows us that it's still happening. We're not being heard. We're not being listened, listened to. And two, when you start telling a person, oh, it's in your head kind of thing, that severs the mind-body connection. And so I don't know. I just think it's very interesting that this whole um, topic of medical gaslighting, what I went through is now something that everybody's talking about it's very not enough people not enough people to be honest. not enough um, but a lot <laughs> you mentioned thermography i recently did my second episode actually with a doctor here he runs a clinic in central london called the natural doctor and he does breast thermography bioidentical hormones or stuff like that and um so just kind of pointing that out again for anyone listening maybe if you do have breast implants and it's not just about checking for breast cancer go there go and see you know go get some breast thermography see what's going on in your breasts um and the information for that is is on my website if anyone um is interested in checking that out something that was interesting that you said that really struck me was you were in this industry in the beauty industry And a lot of times when people are very emotionally connected with something, they'll stop themselves from, it's the confirmation bias, right? So I'm not going to believe that because it will affect my livelihood. I see it. There's a product. um, I won't name the company. It's an MLM company. Oh, hello. It's your little pup. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely right here. Yes. Oh, (laughs) sweet. Um, Yeah. You know, there's a, a company here and I had a client who works for this company and, you know, has built this whole business around it and she was telling me like this smoothie she was having for breakfast and I was like that's full of sugar that's not okay that that's not what we want to be doing we want to be starting your morning without that glucose spike and um there was this confirmation bias around but this is the company that I promote every single day so I can't possibly believe that um so it's very interesting that you actually your intuition still said no I need to follow this niggle regardless because the one thing that I speak about a lot is energetic deaths, right? Especially for a woman, the rock bottom, the energetic death moment when we're forced into that black hole that mm-hmm. upends our entire life, whether it is our career, telling us to leave a career, a job, a relationship, a friendship, whatever it is, to do that, sh- to go through that shedding process. And yeah. every woman has to go through that multiple times in her life. But the problem arises when we resist that. And it sounds to me like you were super kind of in tune with your intuition telling you to go with that and it's it's quite um inspiring for women listening to know that when you're in an energetic death and Mm. you're being pushed to look at something and acknowledge something and really recognize and step into it regardless of how uncomfortable it may be then you have that rebirth you have the opportunity for that rebirth which is what's happened to you it really did seem like there were um I don't know, big, bigger forces um, connected with this, because as soon as she said it could be your implants, it's not like I jumped on it and said, oh, my gosh, great. I was in denial. I see the same thing with women that I speak to. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, that just sounds crazy, right? I haven't had any, like I said to her, I haven't had any women coming into my office. 
But then I think over the next week or so, and I always say this, you know, when God wants you to wake up, he's going to wake you up. And it was in a big billboard about a certain implant um, that caught my eye. And then a friend called and said, you still are sick? You sound like my neighbor. You should call her. So I call his neighbor, who I didn't even really know. And she said, oh, I think it might be your breast implants. And so it's like now they were educating me, who was the one who worked in the industry. <clears throat> and perhaps that sounded a little bit ego for me, but I said, well, I've worked in the industry. I'm not understanding. I've never heard of this. They don't talk about this. In our industry, breast implants are amazing. Um, so so I do think, and, and I guess, yes, I've always been very intuitive and I do trust my intuition, I have to say. I usually am right on the, you know most things for myself. Um, but it was also that feeling of I mean, can you imagine seven and a half years might not sound like a long time, oh, it is. but when you're sick every day yeah. for seven and a half years and you're not knowing what it is, it's really scary. And um, when you see that little bit of light, like that you can escape this, you're going to head to the light. Mm -hmm. I know that I did. I just thought nothing's going to stop me from trying this. I even had a few friends who said, oh, don't do this. Don't remove them. That's going to be a mistake. You're going to be unhappy. Wow. And I said, I'm doing this. So like, get out of my way. <laughs> I want to ask a question because this is something I have been pondering a lot. For women who have had mastectomies and reconstructions due to breast cancer and implants give them a sense of feeling their femininity back because when we lose our breasts, we mm -hmm. can feel, I say we, obviously, thank God I haven't been through it, but I have had quite a lot of clients that have been through or are going through breast cancer. You have that feeling of losing a part of your feminine self. Right. And so how do we manage that? Is there a way of gaining that back without implants? Or would you recommend women still have implants because from my perspective if you've had cancer there's toxicity in your body you want to do everything you can to not bring that back and breast right. cancer is a hormonal cancer you don't want to be interfering with your hormones and the endocrine system what is but I can I can feel their their grief at this mm -hmm. and wonder and, and probably a lot of them going well I'm going to do it because I need that sense of self mm -hmm. back what do you suggest in that situation I mean, I do feel for them, of course, but I do hear from a lot of these women and they say that the pressure to put breast implants in is so intense from the moment that they get oh, that really? so cancer it's not even diagnosis. Coming from them. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like they don't feel like they have a choice. This is just what they've shared with me. Like we felt like we didn't even have a choice before you know it, they're showing you these breast implants and they're saying, we're going to do this. And, and so I wish that they also, they had more time to mm. think about it and to, look into things because many of them tell me that they don't they just blindly say okay because yeah. they're so scared like i was um and you know one of my dear advocate friends robin she had breast cancer she actually has had cancer three times and got breast implants got sick immediately removed them after a few months and she did flat closure and she owns it mm -hmm. she's happy as a clam she's beautiful like so and if I were faced with it after I'd been what I've been through, I wouldn't have any option but to do that as well. Yeah. And so I guess because I've already had the time to really think about it, for me, um, 
Yeah, I just I want them not to feel that pressure. It's a societal pressure that all of us have felt to do this. This is the thing with cancer, you know, as soon as someone hears the C word, you're not given any time. It's like all systems go make this decision. This is what you're doing. And the advice I always give to people is take a breath, assess your yeah. options, because there are options you have not heard about yet. And mm -hmm. there are heal there are ways to heal from the root cause and cancer is only, you know, your body telling you about an imbalance, something is is out of balance in the body, and there are ways to balance it. And having that diagnosis is almost an opportunity to go deeper with your healing and I've seen the most amazing things happen to women who have had breast cancer or people generally with cancer who have seen it as an opportunity to heal emotional trauma as well and go on this deep journey of healing and then they've never been healthier but the problem is is the medical system is like right you've got cancer you need chemo you need surgery and you need to do it quick and I just always say whatever your decision is Number one, it shouldn't be made in a rush. No decisions should ever be made from a place of fear. Yeah. And number two, assess all options. You know, there is always another option. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, and I see, well, I even see people who don't even get second opinions. Mm. You know, and that is something that, of course, I I would always, you know, say that I would do too. So, um yeah it's it's that feeling i get that it's that pressure and the pressure that i had you know we're not going to remove these breast implants because it's not gonna it's not what's making you sick mm. you know, and having to like fight for yourself right. when you are already in such a low place right that's not right i know it's the dark forces at play and can i tell you in england it's even harder to fight for yourself because unless you have so we have the national health service i, I don't know if you're aware of it it's a our healthcare is free. And I, yes. I say free with quote marks because it's free at the point of, of service, but we pay for it in many other ways, <laughs> obviously with yes. our taxes, but we pay for it in many other ways, trust me. And you base it's a, you get what you're given and be grateful kind of thing. Mm. And I always say, and people come back and there's backlash, the NHS saved my life and the NHS did this. And I'm like, great, it saved my life when I had an ectopic pregnancy and mm. I was nearly bleeding, you know, internally mm. to death. And mm. had it not have been for emergency care, I would have died. Mm. Um, but emergency care, neonatal care, great. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and burns care, which comes under neonatal, uh, which comes under emergency. But if you have a chronic illness, which I did since infancy, I was diagnosed with arthritis before my second birthday, and I was in that system my whole life. And mm. I can tell you from experience being in the system where you don't have a choice, that's the rheumatologist you've been assigned to, that's your rheumatologist. You'd better deal with it and right. if you want to go and change that and you want a different rheumatologist you better be prepared to wait for a year and if you've mm -hmm. got cancer you might have to be prepared to wait for three to six months just to get you know seen right and so people are scared to fight in the UK which I understand because they're like this could take longer if I try mm. to get another opinion and then what and mm. you know we fall through the cracks because when you're paying someone they're going to give you whatever you want and it might not mm -hmm. be the right advice, but you're going to get seen quickly. And that's, you know, right. the system in America. Here, mm -hmm. it's a whole nother set of problems. And I know you guys have a whole set of problems. I don't even want to get into right now, but it's a different set of problems here. And I understand why people have the fear about getting a second opinion. But I still think it's so important to focus on the fact that never make a decision from a place of fear. Go and assess your options. Be your own, you know, advocate, your own doctor 
and yes. you take responsibility for your own well-being before waiting for someone else to do it for you because only you can heal you only you can be your savior yes oh a hundred percent and you're right and even now here though I will say I'm hearing from patients who come in, oh, I have a rupture and I tried to go back to my plastic surgeon. He said he can get me in in November. I'm like, what is going on in November? So I, I'm hearing that too, or just, you know, um, diagnostic testing. It's taking months for patients to get in. Yeah, it's crazy. So our, our system is just completely overwhelmed. When you spoke about kind of your friend owning it, not having the implants after mastectomy. Yeah. I think that's a really nice segue into talking about holistic beauty as a whole and mm -hmm. um, the standards that we have to live up to. Because mm -hmm. your friend owning it is only because she's strong enough to go, I might look different to the Kardashians, but also that's okay. And I don't have to look different to it. I don't have to look the same as everyone else. Right. We are held to such high standards in when it comes to beauty and I have you ever listened to Mariam Hasnad are you aware of her work oh who's she she talks about beauty from a spiritual perspective what beauty actually means I don't mean aesthetics you know like what beauty actually is and and, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to even try and paraphrase how she speaks about it it's about you know a woman stepping into her power her sovereignty to regain that level of beauty and we can we can love our our skin and our bodies and but you know I know I do I love fashion I like makeup I care for I care for my skin I do red light therapy four times a week for anti-aging for collagen production it doesn't mean you don't have to care but it's about where is that beauty coming from and what is the vibration of it so for me Botox which is a poison is going to have a very low vibration and therefore you are going to have a very low energetic vibration yeah. So what does beauty actually mean? And maybe we can start there and you can tell me what does beauty mean to you as someone who's worked in the beauty industry for so long? Huh. And the breast implants have a low frequency too. Oh my gosh, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. um, so, so I've always been different. I guess my mom is very natural. She's never done anything. So I'm just saying for me, I probably would have gone more of her route had I not been in the beauty mm. industry. And of course, as soon as I started in my late 20s, my facial plastic surgeon, I worked for, oh, you could use a little Botox up here, you know, point at my forehead. Oh. Back then, let me tell you, look at now with no Botox. At 20 something, I definitely did not need any. But again, I wouldn't have understood that at the time. And so I went into it a little blindly. What I did start noticing was by using medical grade products, I was looking older mm. and lasers and all of these things than before. I was very inflamed. I had the breast implants too, which may not have helped that. So I first, so I got into holistic beauty in the early like 2000 and uh, Pamela Bond, an amazing esthetician really got me onto that. She made her own products. They all smelled so yummy and natural. Mm. And I realized that when I wasn't doing laser or using medical grade products, I looked better. Yeah. which at the time you try to tell anybody that in the beauty industry and they think you're crazy. Yeah. The other thing was no sun. I said to, cause they get on you if you've been out in the sun, gotten a tan. Oh no, no. So I literally didn't go out in the sun mm. after the age of 27. 
because I just wanted to preserve my skin. Whoa. Now we know like vitamin D, I'm, I'm deficient. Probably that was a really great reason. So now I try to go and spend some time in the sun each day. I love it. I'm not keeping track and I'm not burning or you know anything like that. But what I would say over the years, I've never been the type to follow trends ever, not even since I was younger. I march to the beat of my own drummer. I'm confident enough to just say, this is what I'm going to do. And I don't really care who likes it or who doesn't. So I do think it's your attitude. But two, <clears throat> I always have found it interesting when people will just say without knowing you, oh, you're so pretty. Mm. And I, I gotta get annoyed with it and say, but pretty is as pretty does to me. And so you don't really know me well enough to even say that. Now, what you might be referring to is you like my energy. Because I think it's all energetic, right? You yeah, can have a person I mean, who's classically beautiful, but if they're not beautiful from, totally. from the inside, then I don't find them attractive. <laughs> you see that so much as well, like a classically beautiful woman. And I'm like, it's just nothing, you know, shame, because all she's focused on is her external beauty. And actually, therefore, I don't feel any beauty from her. This is what mm -hmm. we mean by the vibration when it comes to beauty. Right, right. So I believe in all of this. I love the times that we're in, but it is all a frequency. Yeah. Beauty has its own frequency, right? So, so, so yes. And that's why I'm also doing what I'm doing with holistic beauty because we are in Beverly Hills, the beauty capital, <laughs> and we are all just consumed with this one kind of beauty they've been cramming down our throats. Mm -hmm. And hey, that's great for some of us, but for other ones, we need to celebrate ethnic beauty and holistic beauty and I honestly think that your face should be like the rest of your body. You need to work out your muscles mm. in your face, not freeze them. So I feel like, again, I look better from doing these buckle facials and things that really rush more blood flow to my skin because a stagnant lymph is what expedites aging. So what are some of your top holistic beauty tips that women can do for themselves? Well, again, being mindful of the ingredients in your products, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. And I don't really promote a lot of different ones. I want women to just empower them to figure it out for themselves. I don't want them just, oh, well, she does it, so that's what I should do. I think you need to really do your own research and look into things. I started using sea buckthorn oil. Same. With do Michael you use Johnson. living libations? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm obsessed. I tell everyone about living libations. It's the best skin ever, right? And that's what it's called, guys. I'm not saying it's the best skin. It's called best skin ever. It's the it's on my website for anyone interested. It is. Yeah, it's dreamy. I love the smell. And it makes so much sense. I think before I thought, well, I'm sensitive, so I might break out from oils. No, the no. opposite. And my skin was just craving moisture after the breast implants yeah. because my lip wasn't working well. So that really impacts your skin and makes it quite dry. Yeah. Do you know, Nadine Artemis taught me so much about, you know, she's the founder of Living Libations and she, I mean, her skin, she won't tell anyone how old she is because she doesn't want to give anyone like a, you know, feel bad about anything. But, you know, she looks incredible. And she talks about going out in the sun every day and she has a product called Everybody Loves the Sunshine. And she was the one that taught me about taking my makeup off with oils and mm -hmm. how to have like a skincare routine. And she's, um, all her products are just unreal. Yes, beautiful. And like I said, going out in the sun, yeah. not a bad thing. I was so paranoid about that for so many <laughs> yeah. years. 
And the funny thing is too, now that we know of all the chemicals in um, sunscreens and so forth, isn't that strange? I never oh wore sunscreen. Oh my gosh, don't get me started. Yeah, I hate, I did, I, every year I post, I make a big post just before the summer about sunscreens because it is the question I get asked for the most next to supplements. What sunscreen or how, you know, safe sun care and whatever. Um, and it's, it amazes me that the ingredients in conventional sunscreens are actually carcinogens and endocrine disruptors. And they're telling you, put this carcinogen on your skin to prevent cancer. <laughs> so this can cause cancer, but hey, use it anyway. And people are just believing it. You know, I see it at school with my kids, like the parents like sending them in. So they've just had this, it, the weather was hot in London this week. Yeah. Who knows how long it will last, but it was hot this week. So the conversations on the groups have all been, are you sending the kids in with the sunscreen? Well, they I slather it on in the morning to make sure they've got enough, just slather it on them. And I'm like, these poor kids need vitamin D. Leave them be. I know. And you know what but I I'm do? Awesome. I said, and I hope the, the head of the school doesn't listen to this. I send my kids in with um, a like an empty uh, sun cream bottle, and I just put like a plain moisturizer in it, just because they're they're literally in a covered thing. They're out for like 10, 15 minutes at a time. They don't need sunscreen. At the, for that amount of time you know listen if they were out for 45 minutes an hour in peak uv rays like 35 degrees of course i wouldn't do that i'm not going to be irresponsible but i also know that my children need to have at least 20 minutes of uninterrupted sun exposure a day in order to be able to absorb the vitamin d yeah yes i know i know i know everything that we've been taught it's like the opposite but i think it's interesting that like intuitively i just knew not to use those yeah it's kind of odd being in the industry, etc. Um, but also the wonderful things that juicing can do for your skin. In fact, I'm going to an amazing woman here in Los Angeles who does face mapping, oh, where yeah, you, amazing. you can actually discuss, you know, different maybe nutrient deficiencies that you're experiencing, and then you can use foods mm. to um, improve whatever that may be in your skin and face. So. And that's a personalized approach based on the mapping. So for instance, what you're, the juicing that you're doing would be different maybe for someone else. 100%, yeah. yeah. Because our skin's gonna show all the different regions of the body and how it connects with our organs. Right, okay. Yeah. My girlfriend had under eye bags and she started using parsley juice, but a lot of, she was drinking a lot of parsley juice oh, wow. from it, but it worked. We saw a difference within a week. I thought that she had gone to have some sort of um, procedure done but it wasn't, it was just the parsley juice. Wow. So what about mm -hmm. makeup? Because, you know, I like to wear makeup, but I'm very mm -hmm. conscious of the brands I use. I only put natural, I only yes. use natural makeups. I mean, should we be wearing less makeup? Should we be caring a bit less? Like, what do you think? I mean, I always have. So, which, you know, would get me into trouble when it was like a night out on the town with my girlfriends. And they'd be like, Amanda, can you please just like, we'll put some eyeliner on you. Are you not like, wearing don't makeup now? I really don't. No, oh I use rosebud salve on my lips. Do you know rosebud salve? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again. Yeah. I'm addicted to that. Same. I've and that gives you kind of a pink tint, you know. The, you mean the living libations one? No, there's another one. Oh, I don't okay, know the brand, rose but rosebud well. salve. Yeah. You literally look like you've got foundation, like you've had Botox, like you've got mascara. Oh, like no, not that you've had Botox have... in a bad way, that I just mean that your <laughs> your forehead no, I mean I can see your face moving, which is lovely. So I I know you have it. <laughs> but your forehead is just so so clear and you're in your forties, right? 
But, you know, like I said, I did use Botox for mm. what, about 20, almost 20 years. Oh, wow. Well, I was just talking to a woman at dinner last night and she was saying the same thing. She's like, well, it still is pretty smooth. And I said, you know, it is. And obviously maybe that is because I used it for as long as I did. Mm. I guess we'll never know because I've done it. So I don't know what it would have looked like if I hadn't done it. Yeah. Um, but your but, face moves. So I'm guessing that it, it, it couldn't have held because from people I know that do Botox, they have they say that the what they didn't realize until they started was how frequently you've got to get it done because it just it fades so quickly so yeah and the last two years i'm going to be honest i even kept saying something to my practitioner i was like i don't think it's working anymore so i already was kind of thinking to myself i don't think it's going to work anymore they say that that can happen to some people after a while yeah. but it wasn't working so but these facials I do, it rushes so much blood in that, you know, that it is going to kind of prevent the need to have Botox or filler. Yeah. I never got into the filler thing no. a lot. They used me a couple of times in our office way back when I'm talking like 2002, probably to do under eye filler. And I so regret doing that because it migrated and it actually ended up kind of in my sinus cavity a little bit my esthetician said she could feel it I find, and it sorry no so anyway so I just never really got into the filler thing yeah I find it fascinating that people again have this confirmation bias around I'll get it and it won't travel it will it's just for my skin it won't go anywhere like your skin is porous it is not made of stone whatever you put in your skin is going to travel throughout your body and I don't know how you know how I, I just I rant about this all the time because I speak about skincare a lot and I did a post a, a real recent very angry reel about Botox um I, and in terms of what it actually is the bacteria that Botox mm. actually is and you know it's amazing that people will put aesthetics ahead of potential very damaging health risks and I understand it because we are living in a society that values that. How do we come back to this place where we can value ourselves for what we are? Well, I just know for women like me who have gotten to that point, luckily, um, that we just, for me, it was, I was so sick. I just wanted to live. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to feel normal again. And I was willing to do that no matter what it looked like. That's a quote that I always say to, and I said that to the surgeons you let me worry about what it's going to look like because I can't feel like this anymore. <clears throat> and then it's going to take our leadership, I think, and just, you know, setting the example mm -hmm. for other women that they can do it too. Um, I think that's really all we can do right now and be supportive of others. Cause like I, I hear a lot women who are very sick have tried everything else, think that it definitely could be their breast implants, the symptomology and so forth, but they say, but I would never take them out because I don't want a scar. Yeah. You know, that makes me sad. Yeah, give me a scar over cancer or autoimmunity any day. <laughs> I love my scars. In fact, I didn't even use anything on my scars because I wanted them to show. My I wanted that to be part of my story. <laughs> my scar, because I have, my skin goes keloid because I've got Mediterranean oh. background. Um, and so when I scar, I scar. And the scars yeah. from, from my explant are not nice but oh my god I'm so much happier with my breasts I'm so I, like just so much happier generally to know that I don't have because I was sick in other ways for me it was really hard to track the symptoms 
Um, so, but when I started having trigeminal neuralgia, the holistic neurologist that I saw said, she went through the checklist, do you have any implants? I was like, yeah, I've got breast implants. And she was like, this is what it is, it's toxic. Your body's going into toxic overload. You need to have them taken out. And I was still breastfeeding and I was like, oh my God. And then I went into this panic mode of, okay, I need to get it done. That's another story for another day. And I do talk about it on my episode with Rain. Um, I'd love to talk about um, lip fillers. This is a question I get asked a lot. Lip fillers, like, are they okay? Are they? Personally, I, I don't like how they look. Mm-hmm. You know, l- let's talk about actually what's happening with lip fillers. No, I don't really get into the fillers and injectables just because I don't want it to dilute my message. I have an amazing woman on Instagram that I love, Gretchen, who has never talks. I think she's amazing. Um, and Botox oh, yeah, and filler adversities. Do you know yeah, them? Got, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think she's great too. Yeah. Um, again, I have just seen situations probably the one that stands out to me the most with a woman who had filler under her eyes and her tear troughs Mm -hmm. and used some hyaluronidase to dissolve it and it moved and it was moving she had the sensation of feeling like it moving she said through her face and downwards and again i i don't know if that was is true but she was going to practitioners and there was not one who would help this woman. They said, well, we know how to put it in, but we can't really help you with what you're talking about. So I at least sent her to thermography again. They were able to locate it right in her sinus passage where she was saying that she was feeling it. And through some gentle lymphatic massage and so forth, she was able to, in her case, it was able to kind of work out to the point where she says she felt normal again. Wow. That is the only patient that I've truly helped with that scenario but that's what I'm hearing more of yeah it migrating yeah or um people having issues but long term with breath with lips and filler I have not I have not personally seen any studies or heard of that just from a common sense perspective in my mind as someone who lives very holistically based on having to do that because I was so sick my my healing came about when I detoxed everything, when I healed from the root cause. So just not not from a judgmental, but from a common sense perspective, it feels to me like putting anything inside your body that isn't meant to go in your body would probably have repercussions. But mm-hmm. I just want to go backwards a, a bit because when we spoke about, um, you know, women kind of not, that you know, there are women that will get in touch with me and go, but I'm fine. I've got implants, I've got Botox and I feel fine, I'm not sick. And I'd like to touch on that because I think it's important to touch on the fact that people present, we're all made up differently genetically. So you're going to present differently to someone else. So someone else might have an instant reaction to their breast implants and you might not. Your reaction could be a slow incremental Mm -hmm. buildup of toxins that leads to a tumor as opposed to, you know, instant hormonal disruption or whatever it could be. Just because you're not feeling anything now doesn't necessarily if you have toxins in your body there's Mm -hmm. only so much the liver can deal with so I just think it's really important to to mention that for anyone listening going well I don't really need to take that into account because actually I don't have any of those symptoms yeah I talk about that a lot I call it I call it your cup runneth over and we all have right like a different bucket of toxins right and once it gets to be too much that's when you're going to run into problems and for some women 
um, I, I, a, a holistic dentist I actually did a live with said this and it was great. He goes, for some women, breast implants might not be your kryptonite. Mm. But like you can also, from what I understand from Gretchen reading about all the Botox and so forth, you can have so many positive injections, everything's fine. And then that one more is your tipping point right. that can cause issues. So I think you have to look at, again, like holistic medicine does, you have to look at everything. Also, I noticed like unhealed traumas mm -hmm. because I went through something very stressful right before all of my symptoms came out. And I see that with other patients. Oh, I just went through a divorce and all of my symptoms came out. Oh, I went through this and all my symptoms came out. So it really depends on everything else. I was not living the most perfect life when I had breast implants. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I always say when I had toxicity inside me, I felt like I had it all around me. And that was like choices in men or, you know, girlfriends or bosses and foods. I wasn't doing everything right. And that's why I hope to give hope to other women that in your 40s, I could change my life and start making better decisions for myself. I think you've just made a really important point. Everything is multifactorial. So people will say, actually, this happened at that time. So it wasn't the breast implants or it wasn't the pharmaceutical that I took or it was, it was such and such. But one thing can trigger the symptoms of another thing or many things can be playing into it at the same time. And I truly believe that part of our problem as modern humans is we need everything to be black and white. We need everything to be just laid out very simply and yet history has taught us without a doubt that there is nuance to everything nothing is black and white so it amazes me that we think that it is when it comes to healthcare. right right it's not and I think we're all finding that now and people are having their own stories and experiences that are kind of waking them up to this um, but a lot of the patients I speak to on a daily basis we're on the same page mm. we really are um, just with our feelings on things and how it's shifting for us and changes that we're going to make for the future. Um, so it's beautiful. I love that. It's like the collective. We're all kind of coming together and having the same experiences so that we can make, you know, better for the future and for future generations. That has been the blessing of technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned the lymphatic drainage, the, you know, the massage, and the good mm -hmm. food, what are the other like, you know, bullet point things that can help us with aging, um, beauty, whatever you want to call it, that are going to support healthy aging? I mean, blood flow, good blood flow. So one of my good girlfriends, we will sometimes work out together. And there are days where like, I just can't get to the gym. And she's like, you've got to keep that blood flow going, right? Just like I talk about it in your face with the massages, yeah. working out, pumping iron, running, you know, doing sprints. So like yesterday I had my friend come over and we found an area and we worked out outside my house, right? Because I knew I wasn't going to get to the gym. Um, infrared. I, I do the infrared sauna, really sweating. Yeah. I feel like that's what my body was missing for all those mm -hmm. years that I had the breast implants. So it's really sweating, but things we don't want to do. Cause like, I love going to Bikram yoga, but then I'm like, Oh, but my hair is a mess, yeah. but you feel so good yeah. getting some vitamin D each and every day. Even if you're at work, leave that office with the fluorescent lights, oh. go outside, walk around, get some daylight, yeah. you know, for people these days, 
they don't even see the light of day mm. ever. They're just in an office building yeah. all day long. Um, like I said, I, I opted for not doing the Botox. I gave that up, but in I now do the buckle facials or the gua sha holistic yeah. facials that help. And I think my skin looks glowier and better now yeah. than ever. It really does. I love gua sha and I, 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 I do the sea buckthorn oil um with my my gua sha my my roller every night and get that blood flow going like you said and actually during the worst times in the trigeminal neuralgia it would feel better when i was i would have to do handstands i would have to be upside down because <laughs> getting the blood flow and having lymphatic drainage with my osteopath yes i would probably also add water like drinking enough water good quality water and sleep yeah so I love Alive Waters mm -hmm. and I have it delivered to my house. It's a little more expensive, but it's structured water and it's so wonderful. Now I won't drink anything else. Yeah. In fact, I was just, you know, when I travel and I was just in Scottsdale, Arizona, I'm telling you every restaurant, they're like, I said, well, I always ask them, what kind of water are you serving? Oh, tap water from a Brita. I'm like, okay, I'll pass. And I have to go to Sprouts and get a special water that's spring water in a glass bottle because that's like the best thing I can find when I'm traveling um and it's so funny I used to never go to sleep before midnight that was my mm -hmm. time clock do you know what time I go to bed now eight o'clock amazing you like are, eight o'clock and I animal. sleep until like eight but I really see I didn't sleep well for years mm -hmm. with the breast implants when I was sick that makes you crazy like that not sleeping well or getting up at three in the morning like so many of my patients maybe because your liver is giving you that signal i now sleep like 10 or 12 hours and so i really do feel rested now yeah i think sleep and water is so important for our skin and our health and detox and the mitochondria and just general health yeah exactly a hundred percent Awesome. So let's go into all about you, which is my rapid fire round. I always start with the same one, which is wellness is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's not like just I'm going to be well today, right? It's just a whole lifestyle that encompasses all of the things that we just talked about mind, body, soul. I continue to continue to heal myself. And, you know, we can all take that as far as we want. I have some women who explant and they never do another thing because they feel good enough. And then there are people like me who I'm always, I just had my Akashic records done last week and incorporating more meditation into my life. Like I always want to keep working on myself and being better. Amazing. The Akashic records are something very powerful and potent that everyone should be looking into. Oh, amazing. I waited until I found, found the right person mm. to do it. Yeah. I, I kind of, I work with my shaman on um yeah the kind of deep <laughs> version but we, we we do work with the akashic records it's very very potent stuff um okay uh one thing we should be doing to change our standards when it comes to beauty well that's exactly what i'm trying to do now because right especially for women who have removed their breast implants but just women in general more and more being um are being made aware of all of the chemicals that are an ingredients in not only our products, but in children's yeah. products and cereals. It's just shocking. That's why I think so many people started following me because I started posting about this. Um, we are the ones in charge. We're the ones who are buying these products. Mm -hmm. And so we have more power than I think we realize. 
And so the more that we keep spreading the word and more people wake up to it, we're going to make the decision with our pocketbooks. <laughs> right? Absolutely. That's it. I, I had an amazing chat with Dr. Vandana Shiva. I don't know if you're aware of her work. She's, you know, opposes Bill Gates. So obviously I love her. Um, and she's like his biggest opponent. Um, and she's all about kind of, um, you know, farming, uh, sustainable agriculture and healing oh, the land. You know, she's they call her the... Um, the grandmother of grain or something like that. Um, and she says, you know, consumer pressure is what changes the world. Yep. Like you think your voice doesn't play a part. It absolutely does. If you choose today to not go in to that pharmacy and buy that sunscreen and you instead get a holistic one, a natural one from a small independent health shop or, you know, uh, whatever sales uh, uh, website or whatever, you are changing the world. It's true. It's true. And we're all changing it together because we're all, I always said during this whole thing since COVID started, we must rise up peacefully and take our power back. Absolutely. And the download I always got, and I am usually pretty right on with it. I felt like God was saying to me, he said, until you all come together, right. And start loving one another and being better to each other. This is going to keep continuing. Totally. totally. <laughs> And each and I, person who I takes that. that on makes that change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's happening. I feel it, it happening. and I see it. It really is. And so many more of beautiful. us are connected as well to each other. And totally. I see so many more people waking up. Yeah, even when I'm out and about, I say to people, they think I probably sound silly, but even at the grocery store, at the post office, just the way you interact with another person, I see it. People are wanting that from being isolated for so That's long. Right. And they're smiling and I feel like my energy then passes on to that woman's and then they're smiling more for the next customer. Totally. I see it and I feel it and it's working. And that's how we raise the frequency. Yeah, my daughter said to me the other day, she's only four. She said, mommy, why do you always say have a nice day when you buy something? <laughs> I always make an effort to say, have a nice day, you know, give them a smile, even if they seem moody or they're not happy. Like maybe they've been on their feet all day in that shop. Maybe they've got stuff going on at home. Maybe they're struggling to, you know, pay the bills and that's why they're working there. And you never know. So I feel like, it, yeah, it's so important just to give good energy wherever you go. Absolutely. Um, okay. The best book you've ever read? Because I love Ooh. this question because I'm such a book lover. I, well, I like biographies. Mm. And so I'm trying to think of like the best one I've ever read, but like you give me a good book and I will not get up from yeah. reading it. I don't <laughs> sit down with a book as much as I'd like to. Um, but when I do, so it would be a biography. I'm trying to <laughs> get back to me on that one. I'll Let get me back think. to you on that one. Um, and uh, we've been through them, but these are the ones I've written. So I'm going to go through it. But if you had to na like narrow it down from everything we've spoken about, what is your top beauty tip? Wow. I would say my top one diet mm -hmm. at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it has to be your diet. That's what's going to, I think, be one of the biggest influences. And that's so important because for a long time, I'm have a hard time gaining weight. And so I grew up in a family having eight course Italian meals all growing up. And when Sounds I got like out my on family. my own, my mother is the most amazing cook ever. And I'd always be in the kitchen watching her, but I just never really got involved. 
So I ran into issues when I got to be an adult and I'm working all day long. And then I went to the gym at night and the last thing you want to do is cook yourself a big meal mm. at the end. So I developed probably not the best eating habits yeah. more towards my twenties because I could kind of eat whatever I wanted. Mm. And that's not a good thing. No. That's actually not a good thing for people like me. It's actually, I because I always try to turn this around of like my genetic, I mean, I'm tall and narrow, but my genetic makeup is, hold, we hold weight on our tummies, like that real like Sephardi Jewish, you know, women who carry weight there. And I came to being able to flip it positively that if I could eat everything I wanted and was that kind of person, I probably wouldn't have gone so deep into my healing journey with food. And I'm so glad you said diet. I'm so glad you said it because people when I asked that question, might have hoped for a cream or something they can buy that's easy oh, and right. I'll put this cream on no. my skin. And that's, it's <laughs> always the lifestyle ahead of right. everything. Before any cream you can use or any product you can take or anything you can, any facial you can go and have, it's what you're putting into your body. A hundred percent. And you can see it on your face and in your skin and on your body. When, I mean, just think about if I, you know, had pizza and the inflammation it would cause i would i see it in my legs mm. my upper oh, legs really? wow. when i'm just sticking to my great diet and it doesn't take many days to get back to that mm. i see my legs lean out and so it's just so obvious what food does yeah. for us amanda thank you so much i love this where can people find you because your instagram page is incredible Yes, even though it's shadow banned most of the time. Same. Um, but it's the holistic beauty coach. And I really love it. I would love to more men are coming on. And yeah. I think that's great, too. And I, sh I am going to start sharing more about, you know, men's health as right. well, because we're all in this together. Absolutely. And, and you'd be surprised how many men are on there to find out information about breast implants, because you know, they have a woman in their life or a, a sister in their life that has implants. And I think that's really amazing, too. That is amazing. That, that Yeah, so happy the more men are coming to this work. Yeah, they really are. It's nice. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We spoke about some really interesting things. You might have been triggered by some of them. Okay, journal about it. Let me know how you feel about it. We only improve and we only grow through being uncomfortable. There's no growth in comfort. There's no growth in stagnation. So if something here made you feel uncomfortable, you're thinking about, I have breast implants and I like my breast implants or I like getting Botox or whatever it is, go into that. Why are you feeling triggered? What is it about it that's triggering you? Either way, whatever you felt about this episode, I really hope you enjoyed it, took something away from it. If you did, please share it with someone who this could benefit, someone maybe you know who has breast implants or who wants to work on a more holistic way of aging and um, holistic beauty methods. Or share it on social media because you know people will benefit from the content. And thank you once again for being here. <laughs>